It's interesting to get a, an answer to a question that I've asked many times and never actually had an answer to today. Does the Pope crap in the woods? No, that was not. No, that wasn't. That wasn't the question. That wasn't the question. It was about school choice and why, I don't know, Arizona gets school choice, yet bright red states that could easily pass it and is incredibly popular among its voters, why don't they get school choice? Yeah, we learned that lesson today. We had the uh, the state freedom caucus uh, chairman uh, trying to get all of the states involved. And it, what's terrifying is he's going to conservative states. The story he told about Alabama is just amazing. Bizarre. Um, he's gone to several states and meets with the most conservative and realizes they're not conservative at all. And we can't open a freedom caucus here. Um, so far, there are 10 states. But it's really important to get involved with that. We'll tell you all about that. Also, Justin Haskins, the co-author of my book, The Great Reset, is here to tell us about something that every person needs to. It is probably the most important story um, in the world today because it will completely change everything. And we're on the precipice of it happening. Uh, That story Uh, plus economic collapse. Just for, you know, giggles. All on today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is off the record today if you want to uh, check out what you're doing. I'm doing the live Q&A. Any question you want, any personal detail you want about Glenn's life. So what is it? If you want his passcodes, if you want his uh, social security number, whatever you want. uh, Part of the Q&A today. Right. Uh, Uh, What is the... uh the money saving promo code off the record i know that i won't share it with anybody but what is it off the record <laughs> <laughs> oh that was funny in 1923 still funny today. <laughs> you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program Well, let me give you a couple of things here that I think you really need to know and understand um, because 2023 is going to be a pivotal um, uh, year. I have talked to people that I trust in Washington, and that's about four, uh, four people, uh, and they are very concerned that the U.S. dollar is going to... um, have some problems this year, which might lead to the central bank digital currency. Um, the Federal Reserve is doing everything they can to make sure that everything is safe. You know, after the big banking crash, um, they had, you know, one of these um, stress tests. And they're like, we're going to do a stress test because we got to make sure that everybody, you know, you got all those loans and you can cover anything that's risky. So we want to find out what's risky. Okay, sounds good so far, right? It's good to know. Can the bank survive a downturn? How risky are their investments? Um, And so they were doing that, and it was great, wonderful. Then there was this added little benefit that the Fed is um, is doing now. Uh, they've decided that if you are a bank and you have, let's say, green energy, like solar panel companies, you not only are more stable as a bank, 
you can use that investment in solar panel companies to actually use it as an asset, a very stable asset, to be able to loan more money out to somebody else. So the more green energy things you have, which we have seen, oh my gosh, how many solar panel companies did you invest in America that has just turned into a gold mine? It is now weakening the stress test. It is doing the exact opposite problem. It is, it, 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 it's, it's insanity. It's like, uh, you know what? Uh, you're safe to drive down the freeway without your seatbelt, uh, you know, as long as you're texting at the same time. Then, then it'll be totally safe. That's what the Fed is doing. Meanwhile, our prices of everything still are skyrocketing. Energy is down, which the Fed is going, that's great. See, that's going to reduce everything. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you are trying to buy eggs in California, this is going to blow your mind. California, a dozen eggs is now $7.37 compared to $2.35 a year ago. The problem is people are switching to eggs because they're cheaper than meat. Which, by the way, we're trying to get rid of the meat. I mean, you know that, right? We, we, we are sitting here uh, with bugs now being discussed. I got a great story on that in the show prep today. You, you want to sign up for it at glenbeck.com. It's free. You get all of the stories that I see every morning, um, and, uh, and you can read them all. These are the stories that I have selected. I said, this is important. Not all of them make it on the show. But one of them, another one, is about bugs. This restaurant in New York that is like, we have Ethiopian ants in our creme fraiche, huh? And it adds a certain je ne sais quoi. By the way, those ants are alive while they put them on your whatever. No, thank you. And in this particular article from New York, it actually states we're doing it because of the carbon expense of traditional food. So we're now looking to eat bugs. Uh, yesterday, I also told you that um, uh, the Richard Trumpka from the Consumer Protection Agency has declared because he got a study from a global warming group that natural gas is very bad for your children if it's in your house. So we shouldn't really have natural gas stoves and we shouldn't have natural gas, you know, heaters or anything natural gas. Oh, wow. Whew. California sure is in trouble, huh? Because they wanted to be really super green. And so all of their state cars and all of their buses and everything else, natural gas. <gasps> no, it's dangerous now. And in something that is so striking, this study just came out. Richard Trumpka just said, we've got to consider getting rid of all natural gas in homes. And Governor Hochul yesterday just decided she's got some legislation to make sure that there are no natural gas outlets in any new construction in New York. 
Gang, we are in trouble. You better get to a state that is not doing it. Quite honestly, I'm not sure it's Texas. But you better get to a state where like-minded people are all around because they are going to cut us off from everything. But that's if we, you know, that's if, if the Fed doesn't help us some more. I want to talk to you about what's, what is happening in Asia, Russia, prices of oil. It's collapsing. So it's going down now, which is making things better for Europe. Yay! Uh, they can buy more Russian oil. Yay! Meanwhile, we're not doing anything about it, but... Saudi Arabia, China, Russia, they're starting to move their entire economy. Russia is now backing their ruble with oil. So it's like a, oh, it's like a petrodollar. Oh, that'll never work. Oh, wait a minute. That's what we did until Saudi Arabia said, yeah, <clears throat> we're going to accept anything. Really? You Chinese can pay us in the, in the yuan. We're fine with that. We'll take a ruble. Whatever. What does it mean? Why have we not discussed? What does it mean with the death of the petrodollar? It means that half the world, the part of the world that's not with us, is no longer required to hold a dollar, a U.S. dollar. What happens when half the world's countries say, oh, we don't need the dollar. They begin to sell them. They already are. And if they're sold, what happens? They go out in the system instead of in a bank, which does what? Too many dollars in the system chasing too few goods. Inflation goes up. So what do you do? You raise interest rates. Well, the problem now is, as we are seeing the death of the petrodollar, um, you're also seeing the Fed in a very unusual place. Raising even another, another half point is spooking everybody who pays attention to this stuff. The Fed has to raise interest rates to get interest, or I mean, uh, to get uh, inflation under control. But when they do that, this is how they control inflation. They take more money from you, they slow your spending down, and so that causes you not to go chase those goods with the dollar, okay? And then they're supposed to take those dollars in interest that they get, take them back into the Fed, and destroy them so there's not too many dollars. So the first step on this road is to hurt you and your bank account and your ability to buy things. The problem is we are now looking at recession and inflation. Forget about stag, uh, stagflation. Forget about that. Forget about it. We're looking at something different. We are looking at the dumping of the U.S. dollar by the East, flooding the market. Then you have higher interest rates hurting your bank account to suck those dollars and your dollars back into the Fed. This will cause uh, a uh, if they raise the interest rates, this will cause a stock market crash. But it causes the stock market crash because 
your dollars and the banks need dollars to grow the companies. So if there if there's a collapse of the stock market, people start selling things, people start losing their houses. And when that collapses, what happens? The banks collapse. Because they've got them. All, but the good news is this time they have all those solar panel companies. So they got all the windmill and solar panel companies that good as gold. If they have to start selling those things, who are they selling them to? Also, this is a really nice handy thing. When the banks start to go under, they immediately have to start have to start liquidating things and calling in loans. They have to also stop giving loans. So if you're in a tight spot and you need a loan, the bank will no longer give you a loan. And if you go under, you probably have a loan with some other bank. And so it just is a it's a pile of dominoes. One thing triggers another. And this time we're not looking at a 10 year reset because we didn't do it right the last time. We are looking now and they are officially saying this, that we are now looking at a possibility of something like the Great Depression or beyond. And I say beyond because we are looking at the collapse of the dollar. If the stock market falls, if the banking community begins to have the same problems that it had in 08, the problem is way too big because we no longer have a reserve currency for half the world. They can sell those dollars. Our enemy, China, they just dump all those dollars. It would be worth it to them because it would destroy us. Just dump them. And then how much is it worth? See, here's the, here's the reason you should consider gold or silver, and this is not a commercial. Gold and silver are constitutionally dollars. They are, that's money. That's currency. The dollar that we have is a note. It says, hey, it's worth this amount. But that changes all the time because of inflation. It's not backed by anything. The problem is there's too much money. There's not enough gold to reset the global markets to a gold standard. There's not enough gold, even in the mines, there's not enough gold to pay for what we have all done all around the world. And the entire world is in on it. So when the Federal Reserve says, you know what, we're going to print money because we can't let the stock market fail, all of the central banks in the West will do the same thing. And then it's just a matter of time of when do we get to the bottom? Please, please consider what is coming our way. I believe this is the beginnings of it we will see this year. Uh, and when it happens, it will probably happen rapidly and people in the media will tell you the exact opposite no 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 they've got it planned whatever you do don't do whatever the right thing is to do this is the best of the glenn beck program the faa this morning stopped all flights you know just a little glitch in the system they couldn't communicate with planes 
So they decided to stop all flights today. They were stopped for about four hours, uh, picked up again at 9 a.m. Buddha Judge is on the case, though, he and uh, Joe. So Buddha Judge woke him up first thing this morning and said, hey, uh, we got a, a total air shuttage. Uh, no, nothing's moving because uh, something happened to the computer, but I'm pretty sure that it's not terrorism or anything like that. Because this happens all the time. Anyway, just want to say, rest well. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, mayor of uh, Bend. Is it Bend? New Bend? It's South, South Bend. Bend. South Bend. Mm-hmm. South Bend. That's what, It's such a big city that you just, how could I have forgotten? Anyway, um, we, have, uh, we have Justin Haskins with us uh, today. He is the co-author of my book, The Great Reset. Uh, and we've been working really hard on the new book i guess it's just now down to the printing uh and everything else uh i think we need a title we do you know that's something we need you need that for a book i, think. I know yeah need a title. i don't like the working title we don't need to get into it but <laughs> you know it is this is phase two of the great reset it's what's in play right now uh and we made some really good progress with states on the Great Reset. I mean, yes. I can't believe you and I both talked about before the book came out. This has to be understood by America. ESG has to be understood by America. And we didn't think it could happen. No. And who was it? Time magazine or somebody blamed the book uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. on uh, <laughs> on. Yeah. educating people about ESG. Yeah, w- without a doubt. I mean, I have heard from dozens and dozens probably hundreds of lawmakers across the country since the book came out yeah and all the the resounding uh conclusion from them was we heard a special from glenn we listened to the radio show or someone recommended that i read this book i started looking into this whole esg <laughs> thing and i cannot believe that we didn't I see this I, I you know i talked to jonathan Sachs. you know who jonathan mm-hmm. Sachs is really brilliant guy and i'm talking to him and he said uh, you know, this ESG thing, I had never even heard of it until you started talking about it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm listening to you. And I'm like, no way. Yeah. No way. I get your book. I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, you and I didn't know anything about yeah, I know, it. <laughs> I know. And we didn't believe it when we first <laughs> exactly. heard it. Exactly. Anyway, the uh, World Economic Forum is having their big um, uh, meeting. I think it's next week, isn't it? Uh, yep. And it's their biggest ever Ever. They have 50. How many how many world leaders are going to be there? Oh, you have the numbers? I don't have it. It's hundreds. It's it, well, the world actual oh, yeah. heads of state is like 56, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and five or six hundred corporations, CEOs. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who said, oh, they don't have any. Yes, they do. Yeah. This is this is the group that is redesigning and controlling your world. Yeah, with, without a doubt. This is their big annual meeting that they do in Davos uh, pretty much every year other than the pandemic years. And uh, this year is no different than the past couple. The theme is essentially how do we take the crises of today and build entirely new systems? That's ESG. That's the Great mm-hmm. Reset. They're not using that language because they're terrified to say Great Reset. They never say that anymore. Mm. But how do we take the crises of today, the food crises, um, the the war with Ukraine, all of these different things, and build our new system. They're very open. This is what the plan is. And as you said, 
basically every important world leader in Western civilization is going to be there or have a representative there, plus a bunch of ministers, plus all of the big corporations, plus all the big banks, all the big financial institutions, uh, the head of BlackRock, the biggest shareholders in the world. Everybody who has power is going to be there. If a black hole opens on Davos, a lot of our problems will be solved <laughs> because they'll all be sucked into space. Yeah. And uh, we're pretty much leaderless in the Western in the Western world. Yep. Without without a doubt. Without a doubt. And so just just real quick, they they're sort of they've got several themes on their website that they they say this is what we're going for. Mm. Um what do you think? I want you, they all have something in common. I want you to think about what they have in common. Okay, we have addressing the uh, energy and food crises in the context of a new system for energy and climate and nature. All right, then we have addressing high inflation and low growth and high debt economy in the context of a new system for investment, trade, and infrastructure. Then we have addressing the current industry headwinds in the context of a new, new system, system for harnessing frontier technologies <laughs> for private sector am innovation. Noticing a pattern yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it's a new system. See, and new is always better. And it it goes on uh, addressing the current social vulnerabilities in the context of a new, new system, system for work skills and care and then the last one is addressing the current geopolitical risks that's ukraine and russia and all of that in the context of a new system for dialogue and cooperation in a multipolar world which is another way of saying america is no longer the most important country in the world and so how do we address this new system we how do we build a new system around this, this? just terrifying and they're yeah. you know these are the people that say um, you'll own nothing by 20 30 and i found that hard to fathom five years ago when i heard that i believe they could make it so we none of us own anything um and and basically just by bankrupting all of us just yes. by destroying uh our our money yeah. uh and and uh and putting us all into the poorhouse and they can do that through the banking system through our currency they can also do it and are doing it through uh our energy the hokel came out yesterday and said uh there's a new uh resolution she wants to pass and so she introduced a, um uh legislation to stop all new homes being built in new york from having any natural gas taps. Yep. That's, wait a minute, what? Yep. I just heard about this on Monday from Richard Trumpka, who said, we got this new study on, on environmental studies, and it shows that uh, your home environment's really bad if you use natural <laughs> gas. Yep. And they're already talking about banning natural gas. Yep. And then there was that story that came out uh, just yesterday or the day before about the Biden administration looking into getting rid of gas stoves. Right. And the that everywhere. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Same, same idea. Uh, all of this is part of the same movement. These ideas are not a sort of bad American ideas. These are bad globalist great reset ideas. And they're all parroting the same thing. It's not like you could take any policy the Biden administration is doing, literally anyone, and you can go to almost any other what I would call great reset country, mostly Western, in Western, yeah, in the Western world, in Europe especially, and they have either already done it 
or they are in the process of doing it. And word for word. Word for word. Word for word. Including the marketing campaigns behind them. It's exactly the same thing. And it it is truly terrifying, especially when you look at Europe and you say... I don't know if that's what I'm looking for in a, in a place to live. You know, I don't know if I Hang want to Hang on just Europe a second. Right what do I need to say to get you into <laughs> buying into the European model? Um, the uh, the thing we're going to talk about tonight on uh, Blaze TV, my Wednesday night special, is something that I read about in probably 1995. And it was an article uh, I can't even remember who or where I, I thought of it recently while we were writing the book and I thought, man, I wish I had that article. 1995, they were talking about an ownerless society. Mm-hmm. Somebody was way ahead of the curve and they were talking about how um, the Internet will will um, start to shrink us down and technology will will make us into a renting kind of society as opposed to an owning society. And the question was, how will that change a country that was based on personal ownership? Yeah. And the conclusion was completely. It will completely change everything. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about in in seven years nobody able to own anything you're a constant renter which the youth say oh well that's great that's i don't because i don't want to own it it's so much easier that means you are a slave to someone else forever that's right forever that's right if you don't own property that regardless of what the property is, could be your car, could be your house, could be whatever, you don't make the rules. The rules are whatever the owner wants the rules to be, plus whatever the government allows the owners to make the rules to Correct. be, right? And Though, if they're in bed together. And if they're in bed together, then it's trouble. whatever those two get together, those groups decide. And at some point in time, I think there was a certain segment of the left that realized if we could just get the corporations and the financial institutions and the banks on board. Yep. We we don't need to, to worry about that stupid, you know, old dusty constitution thing. Well, who cares? It doesn't matter because, you know, we can't ban gun ownership, but your apartment complex might be able to, depends Absolutely. on what state you live in, right? Yeah. And we can decide where <laughs> where people go if if no one owns their car and we can decide what people eat if they don't have control over it. So it just becomes the greater you have the more centralization you have the less freedom you have almost always it's it's essentially a rule of human civilization and history and that is exactly what's happening it's been happening for a while people have noticed that it's going on but there's it's not just this sort of organic thing that's occurring it's part of an actual plan that it's a plan that these people have and as crazy as that might sound to people just read the quotes. I mean, the quotes are all there. And that's what we had in the last book, the Great Reset book, the upcoming book that we're working on. There's a ton of information about all of this. It's it's well it's documented. Oh, you know, every chapter has like three pages of footnotes on it. There's uh, over a thousand you. footnotes in yeah, our current it, draft. It of is it, right now. it is really it's it's really, really good. Um, and we tell you what's currently happening. Um, and, uh, you know, since, since we've been writing it now for over a year, 
And we do. We start. It's in, been about it. The, the first time we talked about it was a year ago. Yeah. Yep. Because the book was released today. I think a year ago today. That's right. Today is the anniversary. Look of it, at yeah. the change this audience has made. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's remarkable. Yeah. I had. A, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I had a, I had a meeting with lawmakers yesterday, uh, a dozen or so lawmakers, and uh, it was a closed door thing. And th- what they came into the meeting with. The information they already understood and knew compared mm-hmm. to where we were at a year ago, night and day. They totally, they were way ahead of where they p- people had previously been. They still, there's certain details and things they don't quite understand. That's why we're having the meetings to ask, to, to, to answer questions and things like that. But we are seeing people on a massive scale wake up to this issue. And I was so pessimistic going oh, so into was this. I. this. We were no both way. like suicidal when we, we <laughs> yeah. published the book a year ago. We both looked at each other, and went no way out, no yeah. way out. And you can read it in that last chapter of that, yes. of the book, the great reset. You, you know, if you, if you kind of read between the lines, you're like, they don't have any hope yeah. of turning this around. Yeah. And I do today. Yeah. I do today. Without a doubt. We had we had a meeting. I'll never forget it in your office a month or two before the book came out. And it was, how do we talk to people about this? And I remember you said to me, Justin, what is the way out? How do we get out of this? We need a solution. And I mumbled some stuff and came and I said, <laughs> you know, but there, yeah, there really is no solution. Right. And you said, well, we got to come up with something. <laughs> right. And I said, yeah. I got nothing. Yeah, and we and that book it was published with nothing. It was educate yourself. Yeah, and then do something. Yeah, try. And people yeah. did. did, and it's it's truly remarkable. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. I know that uh, I won't give a dime to the Republican Party. I haven't for a long time. Uh, did it uh, during the uh, 2020 election, about six months before trying to get the White House's attention. Hey, this is this is for legal matters. You guys should be watching what's coming your way right now. Uh, and that's the last money I'm I'm spending uh, on that. Um, the Republican Party dead to me. However, the Freedom Caucus is a great replacement uh, and right now, it's just acting as a needle in everybody's ass. Move. And I think if you saw what the Freedom Caucus did in the House of Representatives, I contend that any honest American, I don't care who you voted for, Republican, Democrat, Independent, every honest American that looks what the Freedom Caucus was standing for and what they got should be thanking those guys right now. I think they're the answer to the cancer that we have. Andy Roth is the president of the State Freedom Caucus Network, and he's trying to get, and there's great growth that is happening right now, trying to get more Freedom Caucus members into our states. And states like Texas is a real problem. Big problem. Um, think about it this way. The the uniparty, the establishment, the cartel mm-hmm. in every 50 states, or, or in all 50 states, 50 swamps, the governor is a full-time job, like round the clock. He's mm-hmm. well-funded, well-staffed. The uh, bureaucrats that run the woke agencies, full-time, year-round, full staff. The, the lobbyists, full-time, well-staffed, well-funded. The lawmakers, the part-time lawmakers, they don't have any staff. They have no help. 
So when we wonder why we're losing as conservatives to the establishment, it's because of that. It's because of that imbalance in Texas. And we don't. And and every time I go to talk to a state senator or a state legislative uh, legislative member, they always say the same thing. I, I'm so far behind on this. I, I don't. Can you help me out? Because they don't have anybody, they, anybody they to, but lobbyists that yeah. are briefing them on things. They don't have time to read the bills. No. And, and that's by design. They're jamming everything through. So when conservatives have to vote on something, they're like, well, what? how should I vote? The only people that are in their ear is leadership or lobbyists. Right. And I have found, I mean, I think Utah is in grave trouble. I think Texas is in grave trouble. And there's no reason for those states to be in grave trouble, except all of the people in those states think, oh, we're fine. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. We're run. We got the Republicans. No, you, a lot of people, a Republicans, a lot of them are progressive. So they're in on it. They they like it. Um, two, in those states like Texas, you don't even if, if you're a Democrat, you run as a Republican because right. you can't win as a Democrat. So you have all of those people that are kind of just hiding as a Republican. But in Texas, it's what bad. are they voting on right now? So yesterday, uh, they just like in Congress, they vote for the speaker and then they vote for a rules package. Unlike the fight that the Freedom Caucus waged against McCarthy in the U.S. House, in Texas, the Republican speaker won 145 to 3. So all the Democrats came on board and supported this Republican. Now, ask yourself why. Uh huh. It's because in the rules package coming up, uh, he is going to give Democrats committee chairmanships. This is a full Republican majority House. Yeah, but we're working they have, together. We like to work together, reach across the aisle. <laughs> and when we wonder why Texas doesn't have school choice, it's because a Democrat runs the education committee. You want to you want to file a school choice bill? Go go ahead. It's but, not going to get out of committee. But then it's going to die in committee. And and when the speaker <sighs> and when the speaker defends this, he's like, "Well, I don't want to be like DC." Yeah, well, I don't want our state to be like D.C. I don't want our state to be like California. These guys have a responsibility, especially in Texas. There is absolutely no excuse in Texas. None. Uh, and we're going to lose Texas. And you remember when the Democrats left? Uh, the Democrats in yes. the Texas House left and went to D.C. Yes. Throwing a, a, a temper tantrum because they didn't like the election integrity bill. Right. So they finally came back. The speaker did not punish them, but they watered down the bill and passed a weaker version. And now you give them committee chairmanships. God they, help us if they're they, on the committee. They for, use that money to raise money, or they, they use those committee chairs to raise money from lobbyists. They then use that money to defeat Republicans. It's insane. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Uh, and, how, and I could tell you a story in every other state of the similar type of corruption. It's bad. It's deep. And it's in the dark. Most people don't know this stuff. Give me the five worst states. Uh, well, <laughs> Alabama, uh, we went down there. Alabama. Alabama, we went down there um, and said in no uncertain terms, we can't set up an Alabama Freedom Caucus because there aren't any conservatives in the legislature. And None. None. No, and I'm not even joking. Like, And here's a key reason why, and this will curl your hair. The state legislature 
has to vote on local bills, like if a county wants to raise taxes. Mm-hmm. There are 105 members in the Alabama House. When they vote on that, it passes like six to zero because all of them duck the vote because they don't want to be seen as raising taxes. Oh, my god! And it's a gentleman's agreement. They that you vote you, on this one, I'll vote on that one. Right, right. And so when I was, when, when I was looking at the voter rolls, the average Alabama House member ducks 70% of their votes. Oh, my gosh. And it gets worse. One Alabama state senator hasn't voted in three years. How is Alabama putting up with that? It's ridiculous, how, right? How do, I mean, that is and, and I, and I absolutely t- corrupt. And, and, and the media outlets down there that cover the Capitol, they don't mention it. They don't talk about it. They don't care. They don't want to expose it. They, they, they know what's going on, but they don't do anything about it. Why rock the boat if everything is working? In Tennessee, we went there and we said, in no uncertain terms, can we set up a Tennessee Freedom Caucus? Because you guys are not conservative. And we were in a room that we were told these are the most conservative members. We're giving our pitch, like, here's what you do when you're in a Freedom Caucus. I had a guy over here say, uh, defend subsidies for a Ford plant, <laughs> Ford Foundation, all of the woke mm. ESG stuff they're shoving down their throats. Mm. He's defending the subsidies. I had a lady in the back who was against school choice. And then I had a guy over here defend hotel motel taxes. And I'm looking at my VP of government affairs, Justin, and I'm like, are we in the right room? And these are deep red states. And these are people that came. It wasn't just everybody. They knew who they were meeting with, and they were coming to hear a pitch about starting a Freedom Caucus. So they thought they were pretty good. Yeah. Oh, they thought they were really good. Wow. Did anybody say anything when you walk out of those meetings and go, guys, we can't do anything with you? Some of them said, well, gosh, I guess we better start voting better. Um, And others Uh were like, "Ah, this isn't for me. Um, But... The, I am hopeful in the states that we are in. We're in 10 states, um, Georgia, South Carolina. Um, we got some Mountain West states. These guys are hardcore. Mountain West? We got Montana, Idaho, and good. Wyoming. Good. And they're all good. Good. And they're ready to fight. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I'd like a list of all of the guys who are in it and that yeah. are really standing up and fighting I mean, all across the country. I'd like to know who they are. Yeah. Because the audience would like to support people like this yeah. and they need to and it's growing i mean i mean we have over a hundred state lawmakers across 10 states um and we're adding states we we, we added 10 last year and we want to add another 10 to 15 so by the end of this year it's my hope that we can be in half of the 50 states we have to be yeah we have to be um so andy to explain to people because the media just turned these guys into monsters Explain to them why every American should be grateful to the the Freedom Caucus, that this was not this. This should have been very bipartisan. So explain. So I wrote an op ed about this yesterday to your exact point that every American Republican or Democrat should be thankful for the House Freedom Caucus. Had they not stood up and fought, then the dictatorship that started. Well, it started before John Boehner, but. John Boehner, Paul Ryan, Nancy Pelosi, all of them ruled the House with an iron fist. And top, it, top down. It changed because of Obama. During the Obama administration, you no longer had a budget. You, they just 
they destroyed the way everything used to work. It was still corrupt before, yeah. but now it was just this small cabal of people who were deciding everything for every representative and every senator. Yeah, and that's why you get 5,000-page omnibus bills that fall on your lap you know, less than 24 hours before it's voted on. Right. That's standard operating procedure under the old regime. And if McCarthy had gotten his way, if a lot of the Republicans had gotten their way, that would have continued. There has not been a floor amendment offered in six years. That's insane. Because they won't allow it. They won't allow debate. And so all of the reforms, which now allow for uh, floor amendments, the committees will have more power. A lot of that power is now decentralized. And that is going to massively benefit not just the Freedom Caucus and Republicans, but the the entire country. The, the entire public. country. Everybody. everybody. In, my, in my 20 years on Capitol Hill, last week was the most amazing thing I ever saw. It, me Which too. Which says something me about too. the other 19 years. <laughs> me too. It does. It does. But I would have to say this was... This was the most heartening thing I have seen. You know, we, we've had lots of elections that, oh, went our way. But then when they get there, they don't do anything. These guys stood up, fought, were actually heard by the American people to some extent. And people have changed enough to where they're like, I don't want any of this old crap. I, I want something new. They stood. They made. If you listen to Chip Roy on the floor. You were in. Great guy. Um, yeah. And they stood. They weren't afraid of being called names or ostracized. They just did it. More of that uh, is what the country needs. So I've got a story to tell you. Our South Carolina Freedom Caucus, they fought the establishment in the South Carolina House. Right. They, they fought them to such an extent that leadership made them sign a loyalty oath. All Republicans, a loyalty oath. This is like right out of the page of Stalin. Yeah. And the loyalty oath said, you cannot help or encourage someone to challenge our incumbents, our colleagues, oh my our Republicans. And that, that could mean politically, like help them financially mm -hmm. recruit candidates. But it also would not allow you to take a picture of the vote board on the House floor and tweet it. Because that would be, quote, misinformation. This is what Republican, uh, the Republican establishment's doing in South Carolina. But South so, Carolina, actually, they, I mean, they just, didn't they stop uh, pediatric? Well, so, so yeah, so they, they, the, the Republican leaders in South Carolina forced all members to sign a loyalty pledge. Unbelievable. The members of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus signed it, but crossed out all the things they didn't like, uh, just as a middle finger to them. So... Since they refused to sign it in full, the Republican leaders right now are considering kicking 19 members of the Freedom Caucus out of the Republican Caucus. Wow. Like, this is a violent nuclear option that they're going to. And Jim DeMint, Mark Meadows, Ralph Norman, a member of the House Freedom Caucus from South Carolina, they're all weighing in and saying, that is a really dumb idea. How can we help them? Yeah, Blow up the phones of Davey uh, Hyatt, uh, who's the majority leader uh, in South Carolina. Davey and Hyatt? Dave Hyatt, yeah. Okay. Um, and you just call the Capitol. But but to your last, yeah. Okay. And, and Dave just Hyatt. Scream, scream, 
scream yeah. loud, bloody like, everybody. Yeah, but to your point earlier, uh, the South Carolina Freedom Caucus has been wildly successful, and one of the things they did was they forced a hospital to shut down a transgender, um, yeah, uh, clinic, gender for, affirming for, clinic. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. minors, and they did that out of session. No votes, no bills. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Andy, thank you so much. If you happen to be listening uh, and you are in, you know, a state house or a Senate, please contact State Freedom Caucus. You can find them at statefreedomcaucus.org, or you can follow on Twitter, Andy Roth. He's the president of the State Freedom Caucus Network. You let us know who the good guys and bad guys are, will you? Yeah. And we will support those good guys as hard as we can. I'll give you an update every time I can. Thank you very much. Na, 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 na.